morning. It is good to see each of you this morning. Uh, beautiful morning to be here. This morning, uh, we're going to talk about three simple rules and how we should live by three simple rules. I'm a really good rule follower. I remember rules really well. I follow them when they're convenient, usually. But uh, a few uh, weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was actually heading from Jefferson City going towards Dandridge on Highway 92. And I get to the red light at um, Dumplin' Valley Road there at the high school. And I'm the first one in line. The light's red. The light turned red right before I got there, so I stopped like I'm supposed to. There's a police officer, a sheriff's deputy in the turn lane coming towards me. And then for some reason, at some point, I just decided to go. Had no idea why. The light didn't change, but I went. So I just am in the middle of the intersection, so I just automatically pulled over because I thought he might want to talk to me a minute. And uh, sure enough, he did. But I had my license and registration. He comes up, and I said, I have no idea why I just did that. I said, I'm not in a hurry. I said, I'm not, you know, usually I stop and stay stopped until it turns green. I said, I don't know. Um, fortunately, he had grace and told me not to do it anymore and, and went on. And a friend of mine was a few cars behind me and said, hey, did you get pulled over? I said, no. <laughs> I pulled over and waited on him. He didn't pull me over. <laughs> so, but normally I follow traffic laws pretty good. The truck I'm driving actually has a speed limit of the road next to my speedometer. I speed a few places. I didn't know I was speeding. But Rod and Allison probably drive a little faster than me. But coming up, after you cross the lake, coming towards Chestnut Hill, through all those curves, the speed limit is 45. I can't do 45 there. I look down to 27. I'm like, I can't get there. So, so normally, Rod is saying she can. I, I believe that. <laughs> so, uh, but again, rules are important. Rules are important. I, I teach. School for a living. You have to have rules to teach. Some people have more rules than others. I don't have a whole lot of rules because then I would have to keep up with all of them. Yeah. But I have a few rules. You know, don't mess with anybody. You know, come here and do what we're supposed to do and everything's going to be okay. Now, I've seen teachers that have, you know, 25 rules. I'm like, dude, I'd never remember them. And I'd break half of them myself. So I try to keep it very simple where I can follow them. I can remember the rules in case somebody else doesn't follow them. And um, the funny thing is when I started uh, my career as a teacher, I'd been a youth pastor for a while. And um, I couldn't decide if I wanted to teach high school or middle school. And I got a job in middle school, so that was important to go to work. So I went to work in middle school. And I thought, I love youth middle school age at church. What I realized after the first couple of days of teaching middle school and school, they don't act like they do at church. You've got to remind them of the rules. So, but sometimes I've got to be reminded of the rules. And this morning I'm going to keep it simple and talk about three rules. And I'm going to read one scripture, just one verse of scripture this morning. And it's going to come from Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Love 
does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. Lord, thank you for all that you do in our lives. Lord, thank you for giving us um, rules. Lord, thank you for giving us guidance every day of our life. Lord, I pray this morning as we study this lesson, lesson that your words flow through me. And Lord, the folks who are here, the folks who may be listening online, Lord, they receive the message from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Three simple rules. Three simple rules. Timeless wisdom. Timeless wisdom from the Bible. But I'm also going to reference a book that was written a few years ago by a gentleman named Reuben Job, who was a bishop in the United Methodist Church. I think he retired in 2007. No, he retired in earlier than that. The book was written in 2007. I think he passed away in like 2015. Really short read. Really good book. I recommend it. I'm also going to re- uh, reference um, Wesleyan Means of Grace, which I have in a few sermons uh, recently as well. But this lesson is so important because following rules are important. Following rules are important. The police officer on Highway 92 did not have to let me go. I was, I was guilty. I ran it. I know I ran it. But again, thankfully, he had grace. And this morning, these rules that I want us to apply are as simple as stopping for a red light. The first one is do no harm. Do no harm. The second one is do good. And the last one is stay in love with God. So do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. Those are the three rules I'm going to talk about. Do no harm. Do no harm. Matthew 29, 39, Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment. And he said to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor like yourself. But even in the Old Testament, we're reminded, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That's in Leviticus 19.18. I am the Lord. In Reuben Job's reflection about doing no harm, we're reminded of the call of God to love our neighbors. To love our neighbors as ourselves. Again, it resonates with what Jesus says in Matthew. And it also resonates in the life that we should be living if we're Christians. Do no harm. Do no harm. Sometimes we can do harm and not intend to. Sometimes we get our priorities straight and and we let pride take a hold. And sometimes we think that everybody in the world wants to know our opinion. So we give it to them. I'm guilty. What I realize is everybody in the world needs to see my love. 
I think opinions, I think everybody has one, and there's insane, I'm not going to say up here, but, but anyway, <laughs> I could, but I won't. But everybody does have one. Sometimes they're useful. But sometimes it's better to be quiet and listen. Be quiet and listen. People are going through things right now that we don't understand. They may be battling things that we don't even know about. The last thing they need is our opinion. They need our love. They need our empathy. Not our sympathy, but our empathy. We need to put ourselves in their place and treat them the way we'd want to be treated if we were struggling with the same thing. Do no harm. Do no harm. I've seen harm done before. Unintentional, innocently, I've seen harm done. I've seen it done in homes, I've seen it done at school, I've seen it done in churches. Do no harm. And what I really like to do when I'm trying to follow rules or if I'm trying to administer rules is I like to give you something to do or I like to give myself something to do so I don't break those rules. What I've noticed in school is if I am doing my job and I'm teaching, there's not near as much time for kids to not follow rules. They still will. They'll find a way. But we need to keep them busy. Kids in school, kids in our churches, we need to have them doing something. We need to stay busy as Christians. Allison talked about following God. Following God's a full-time job. Try to be more like Jesus every day is a full-time job. Do no harm. The second rule I want to talk about, and actually got to hear a sermon on this second rule when Ron and I were on vacation. We were in Hawaii, and I said, we got to stay one more week. And she's like, well, I said, there's one more sermon series in that church I went to. So we need to stay one more week. I didn't get to hear that sermon series, the last one. But I wanted to talk about all three rules in one, at once. I didn't want to drag it over three weeks. I want to talk about it because they're just as important. Doing good is just as important as doing no harm. Galatians 6.10, Paul writes, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is your power to act. When it's in our power to, to do good, we are called to do good. We are called to do good. And don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you that we have to have good works to get into heaven. The only way that we can receive our salvation is through putting our faith in a perfect Savior. And that perfect Savior is Jesus Christ. What I'm telling you is good works will not save us. But if you're saved, you will do good works. Last week I told you that hurt people hurt people. And then I said that loved people love people. So when we're in love, we need to pass that love along. John Clark says you can't, let's see, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. If we feel the love of Jesus Christ in our life, we're going to give. And that may be through monetary gifts, but it may also just be through doing service for one another. Oftentimes we get stuck in a rut and we can't feel the presence of God. 
Have you ever been stuck in a rut and not been able to feel, feel the presence of God? You see all the noise going on around you. You cannot experience, this. for some reason, you cannot experience God's presence in your life. The best way to experience God's presence is go do presence is to go do something for somebody that can't do anything for you in return. You see, that's where you'll find God's presence. When you're serving others. When you're serving, serving others that are less fortunate than you. When you're bringing food for a food bank, you're serving um, people in need in this community through our clothing closet. All those things, you'll find God's presence. But you know what? Sometimes being nice to somebody you can realize is not having a very good day is doing good too. We need, we need to be good. We need to do good works. But again, I want to remind you, good works will not save us. But if we're saved, we will do good works. Reuben Job in this book says to do good perfectly. And it aligns perfectly with Paul's exhortation in Galatians that I just read. We are to do good perfectly. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means that we're to do good through Jesus Christ. And if someone, if we're doing good for somebody, we need to let them know that, hey, this good does not come from me. There's no good inside of Stacy. The only good that I have in me is Jesus Christ. I can do nothing that's good without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus. Since we have the opportunity, we should be looking for ways to actively seek good, to actually do good. We should be following the wisdom of Proverbs and to not withhold good. Again, I've reminded you several times that the word Christian is not a noun, it's not an adjective. It's a verb. People will not know that you're Christian by your words. They'll not know you're a Christian by how much knowledge you have. Ricky reminded us last week, how will they know we're Christians? By our love. And if we love, we will do good. We will do good works for other people. For people who can do nothing in return for us. That's what it means to be a Christian. I know y'all remember it's only been four, four years and seven or eight months ago that I delivered my first sermon from this pulpit. Y'all remember what it was? You got it. I reminded you of that last fall too, but it's go. It was one word title. Now the sermon was a little bit longer than that, but it's one word title. To go. When we're Christians, we're called to go. We're called to go. Somebody listen to me. I can't believe that. Let me write this down. Now. But we're called to go. And when we're called to go, we're called to show the love of Jesus Christ to everybody we meet. The third rule seems like the most simple. If you look at me, or if you ask me, it seems at first glance that this is the most simple. But in my opinion, it's the hardest one. Stay in love with God. Stay in love with God. What does it mean to stay in love with God? How do we stay in love with God? Mark 12.30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And in Deuteronomy 6.5, it 
It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Again, almost identical words, New Testament, Old Testament. Stay in love with God. Reuben Job reminds us that uh, the core commitment, the core commitment, the most important commandment, they're all ten important, but when Jesus was asked, he reminded the folks who asked him to love the Lord, their God, with all their mind, heart, mind, and soul, and to love their neighbor as their self. To love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, it needs to be an everyday practice that we need to be seeking the ways to show God's love to everybody. How do we stay in love with God? How do we stay in love with God? I think the easiest way to be reminded of that, I, I remind you of this several times when I was doing the series on, on the ships. And when we got to discipleship, how do we keep getting motivated to be more like Jesus every day? And John Wesley broke these down into different practices. He called them means of grace. Actually, he didn't call them means of grace. They were labeled means of grace after he was already dead. But he divides them into two categories. There are works of piety. And within the works of piety, there's individual practices and there are communal practices. Individual practices is reading, meditating, and studying the scriptures. If you want to stay in love with God, we have to read, meditate, and study the scriptures. We also have to pray. We have to fast regularly, and we have to attend worship. Sometimes that gets people, you know, because you think, do you have to be at church and in church to be go to heaven? I don't know, but I think if you're saved and you want to be around other, I think you will go to church. I mean, you don't have to go home to be married, but it works better if you do. Most of the time. But... We need fellowship with each other. We need each other. So it's important to come and fellowship and worship with each other. We're worshiping the same God. We're going through some of the same struggles. We can help each other. And the last works of piety is sharing our faith with others. Are we sharing our faith with others? Are we going and telling people about Jesus? Again, those are works of piety. Those are individual practices of works of piety. Then there's communal practices. Regularly share the sacraments. We're going to share one of them here in just a few minutes. Christian conferencing. In other words, keep, and keep each other accountable. And doing Bible study with each other. Those are communal practices of works of piety. And then there's also works of mercy. I've hit on a couple of these. But we need to do good works. Again, good works won't save us. But in order to be who Jesus has called us to be, in order for us to be more like Jesus every day, we need to be doing good works. We need to be visiting the sick. We need to be visiting those who may be um, incarcerated. We need to be feeding the hungry. We, may, we need to be giving generously to the needs of others. Those are what we need to be doing on our own. Those are works of mercy that, again, in the Wesleyan tradition, we call the means of grace. And then there's communal practices, seeking justice. You see, Wesley challenged Methodists years ago to end slavery. He also challenged Methodists to address the needs of the poor. 
We're blessed people. We're supposed to be helping people who are less fortunate than us. You see, our job when we become Christians is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Again, people may listen to our words. They may be watching us. They may see the good works that we do. But unless we're teaching them that those good works come from following a perfect Savior, we're not doing our job. You see, our job as a congregation is to transform the world. To transform the world. Let me tell you, it's hard to transform the world. The world's a big place with a lot of problems. If you want to transform the world, what's the first thing that needs to be transformed? Me. I can't change anything if I'm not changed myself. I can't introduce anybody to a perfect Savior if I'm not saved myself. Again, our spiritual goals are to be more like Jesus every day. More of grace, less of stace is what I seek every day in my life. And I fail. Sometimes I run those red lights. Sometimes I need to stop and slow down because somebody needs me and I don't even notice because I'm, my mind wanders. And again, I go right through an intersection. Sometimes I need to be going. Sometimes I need to be going and taking God's love. The only way we can know that is through discernment. We know it through reading scripture. We know it through praying. Again, those are the means of grace. Again, as we reflect for a moment, I want to remind you of a couple things. That the only way we can transform the world is if we're inspired to live out these principles ourselves. We should let the love of God overflow in our lives. Because, you see, God's blessed us with more than we need. I told you before, I, I'm an optimist. Yeah, I see, the glass half empty, or I see the glass half full, but in reality, the glass is never any empty. God has given us blessings that overflow. We are to share those blessings. When we have too much of something, we're supposed to share that. We're supposed to let our love overflow. We're supposed to let our compassion overflow. We're supposed to do good. We're supposed to do no harm. And we're supposed to stay in love with God. Again, if we do these, not only do we live out what Reuben Job wrote a few years ago, we also live out the scripture that's timeless. Are you doing no harm? Are you doing good? Are you staying in love with God? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you for, um, for blessing us with more than we need. Lord, I pray this morning that um, we apply these three simple rules to our life. And Lord, we seek to live them out every day. Lord, thank you for coming and living a perfect life. And through your perfection, Lord, we do, through putting our faith in your perfection, Lord, we do receive eternal life. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here or anyone listening who hasn't received that gift of grace, Lord, they come to that knowing, loving relationship with you this morning.
In Jesus' name, amen.